Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. Uh, yeah, hey everyone, uh, Andy uh, and Dave, um, another Tuesday tune-in. Um, yeah, I hope all is well, even with... Uh, from the UK, it's been a bit mad over the last 24 hours, isn't it? Um, but right exactly. today, I don't know, some random <laughs> guy called BJ gave some speech about something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but apparently, yeah, we've got to wait a little bit longer, so yeah, it is what it is, right? Um, but yeah, I can see oh, everyone's joining Miko, Ramona, Amanda, Chris, Mark, Julie, Bri. Bri, you're actually, um, you're actually here this week, mate, on time. Wow, mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Docked five Evertracker points, I think, for last week missing. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Dave, I just think it, it's um, your outstanding beer debt has, has gone down a bit. That's what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but right, yeah. Today we we thought, uh, you know, it's, after yesterday, let's try and have a little bit of light humour, as as we always do. And um, yeah, I was we were kind of looking at some sort of questions that people have said around equipment and this and that. Um, around um, you know Everest or Killy, and and one stood out. I'm, I I kind of laughed, and someone said, um, "Would sandals and a kilt, you know, be be all right at altitude?" Um, and I think someone on the live a few weeks ago mentioned it, and I, which I thought was was pretty cool. Um, and again, it just sort of sparked a conversation, and we were thinking, right, okay, maybe we should talk about the the lower layer. Um, of course, a kilt mm-hmm. is fine, is awesome, but we thought, yeah, it gives us an opportunity to talk about all the different types of equipment you can wear. From the waist down, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Tackle the um, subject of how to keep your tackle tackle warm. <laughs> and then, oh yeah, uh, one thing I say: uh, Namaste to Anuj, our uh, head honcho over in Nepal is on the live. So, um, yeah, good to have old Anuj here. Yeah, hey Anuj, how's it going, mate? I hope you're okay. Hey Mick, uh, Shona, Jackie, Kim, Sital, James, Paula, Joel, obviously Anuj, Lisa, Jim. Yeah, it's great to see so many people on. And um, as always, guys, we're obviously we're going to start talking about some of the equipment, but any questions you do have about anything, as always, uh, you know, do do throw the questions in and um, obviously me and Dave will, will answer them. Yeah. Um, Dave, where should we start, mate? Where should we... Uh... Below the waist, mate. Below the waist. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Just Marky V has said uh, Evertracker points. He feels a new board cake coming on. Sherpas and ladders, by any chance? I think that's, <laughs> that's, got some, that's got some legs in it, mate. we gotta we got to work this out. Um, yeah, no, it's a, yeah, it's a good one, really, because we we tend we yeah. tend to focus on some of the big things like boots, you know, which yeah. we might cover today because technically they are below the waist. Dave, you're um, not allowed. Yeah, we cover um, you know jackets and all those big things. But one thing we kind of don't cover is um, what sort of legwear do you want to wear. So, what sort of trousers do you need? What sort of shorts do you need? Yeah, you know, when do you wear like the you know do you need winter lined ones? Do you need summer ones? Do you need technical ones? um the choice is endless and um it can make a big difference because if you've got a pair of trousers on that aren't working for you it's going to make your uh yeah it's going to be make yourself pretty miserable so yeah we thought we'd tackle that a little bit and talk about some of the you know joys and experiences that we've had you know yeah there's, exactly. too, many, there's too much innuendo here i'm gonna have to just kind of play it straight now i keep having to stop myself, enough. You know? yeah. <laughs> wow scott uh, he called us hey shaggers scott here nice yeah um yeah not far from the truth um <laughs> um but yeah great stuff let's um let's let's crack on um well dave i i, I suppose in terms of starting then let's talk about 
general wear when it comes to high altitude trekking, right? So yeah. we're talking about your trekking trousers, um, you know, things that don't really have like an insulated layer. Um, I think a couple of standout performers, I think um, on the first couple of treks I did to Everest Base Camp, I, I kind of went a bit sort of budget, if you like. And uh, if you've ever been on one of these lives, you'll know that, you know, we're, we're not gear snobs. Well, if it works, it works. And obviously maybe there's a broad range. Well, maybe now, but, <laughs> yeah. no, but um, essentially some of the ones I used to wear were, were crag hoppers. You know, you get a pair for, for like 20 pounds. Um, and all it is is just uh, it's, it's almost like camo gear, if you like, um, uh, a cargo gear. Um, there was just quite a thin layer of material. But you know what? It worked fine, um, especially trekking, say, in, in the autumn um, or the sort of, sort of April, May. It is kind of perfect. You don't really need an insulated layer. You might do you know, late in the evening, which is why we kind of always talk about underlayers. So yeah. you can have like a base layer. Um, you know, we always talk about base layer tops, but you could get base layer bottoms. You know, if you're into your skiing or anything, you're probably used to wearing them. Um, so, yeah, again, those are kind of, that's kind of the base. What are they called, Dave? The, 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 um, Oh, the crag hopper trousers they call the well yeah so the ones that i the ones i've used quite a lot they're actually probably around 40 to 45 now um they're the kiwi pro stretch um yeah. really really good oh hello i just noticed yesi jambo yesi my brother um yes he's one of our guides for kilimanjaro yes, over hey. 400 summits of kilimanjaro that man he's an absolute beast how's it going brother <laughs> um yeah so yeah so i think that i've always got a pair of uh, those crag hopper kiwi pro stretch I think they're really good value. Um, when I went to Everest Base Camp on, in October with a couple of friends, yeah. um, that's the, what I recommended they all take. And um, I know my mate Dan used them and absolutely loved them. Um, you know, because trousers are, are crazy. I've got a wrap pair, like just summer wrap ones that I pay like 90 quid for. And I, I can't just on day-to-day walking, you know, whether you're going up Killy or whether you're going to EBC, I can't really see the benefit over just having those compared to the Kiwi Pro. So I could get two sets yeah. of the Kiwis for the same price as that one wrap set. Um, and I, I didn't really notice the difference if you're just going to be using them during the day for general trekking. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're, they're really, really good. Another set that I really like at the, uh, at the moment, um, because you can get them fairly good, is the Montane Terra pants. Yeah, they're, they're brilliant. I've got a pair of them. They're brilliant, aren't they? Yeah, always go for the, the stretch. Always love the stretch because the stretching means it is there's less chafing, you know, they're more comfortable. And when you do have things like, so for instance, going up um, uh, the Barranco wall on your way to Kili, having that nice stretch and being able to move without be feeling constricted is uh, is pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Well, it's because uh, Bri brings a good point about, um, about chafing. And yeah, if you've ever suffered, uh, if you've ever been a chafing sufferer, um, hands up. Uh, Dave, I know you've had some issues, um, and and I've had some issues around chafing, especially when there's a lot of moisture or it's really wet. Um, yeah, it can cause a bit of an issue. So yeah, any any trousers that do fit have a little bit of stretch can be useful. Um, this yeah, I mean as we're talking about the the, the bottom layers, we've obviously got the pants, the underwear. Hmm. Um, you know, whatever you wear under your 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 trousers um, or shorts, and yeah, I, I've seen a couple of. Um, Dave, I know we, we we need to we need to test these. Once we're allowed out, we're definitely going to be t- testing these. The bamboo underpants. What are your thoughts on them? Yeah, so the bamboo, I think, is just like the fibres in the weave. They're not actually fashioned, sort of Robinson Crusoe style <laughs> from bamboo, as far as I'm aware. But um, yeah, I've heard good things about them, especially when it comes to the anti-chafing. So if yeah. you do chafe a lot, um, and there's no rhyme or reason, is 
to me, it's got nothing really to do with like how big you are, you know, how big your thighs are and stuff like that. Some people suffer from it. Some people don't. Um, you know, Andy, you're a big, you like, you, you always complain about it. Um, where it's hit and miss with me. Sometimes I do, yeah. sometimes I don't. Um, but one thing I have found helps is getting a longer set. So maybe like some compression shorts or you can get um, icebreaker long um, boxer shorts, which um, I recommend for both men and women because they, they are a bit longer and they come down to like the mid thigh. Um, I'm actually wearing a pair now. They're great. They're the most comfortable boxers I've ever had. And merino wool boxer shorts have like revolutionized my trekking. Um, for instance, when if you're going to take bog standard cotton ones and you go into say EBC, you're going to need 11 pairs, one each day. Um, if you bring in merino wool, you could probably get away with four pairs. You know, um, they just antimicrobial. They stay fresher for longer. They're easy to clean. So highly recommend the merino wool. But yeah, and the bamboo, very interested in those. Like I said, I, I've been thinking about buying them, but there's no point because I can't go anywhere. I can't even get to the to the Brecon Beacons at the moment, you know, because of um, travel yeah. restrictions. And um, where I live, there are no hills other than, you know, the tip. Um, <laughs> you know, so... There's a, yeah, but I've heard really, really good things about them. Someone just mentioned as well about um, with Kim Lawley about the um, the Craghoppers uh, convertible trousers. Do you know what? A lot of people yeah. wear them. I've I seen them loads. I tend not to wear the convertible ones because I never wear shorts. Um, partly, <laughs> show us, Dave. No chance, Jackie. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> with, uh, yeah, I, I tend not to wear shorts, but that's not because I don't enjoy wearing shorts. But yeah. the, 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 the paintedness goes, it, it, it's, it's, it's an all over thing. And for some reason, when I wear shorts, it just attracts too much attention. So like, I'll be walking up the hill and just nonstop, like, which, which is nice. But, you know, after, you know, 11 days, explaining why I've got... Probably won't wear a kilt, Dave. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From your uh, Scottish ancestry, I'm sure, I'm sure we can get you to wear one. Oh, yeah, yeah. 50% Scottish. Mum's Scottish. Grew up in Scotland. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure Jackie wouldn't mind uh, you you wearing them by the looks, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Dave, you make some good points there, and there's it, a few few questions coming in, and and I, I don't want to miss the ones we had on email, but I thought we may as well hit them head on whilst we got them because we're obviously talking about trousers. Um, I believe someone asked. I think it was who was it? it might have been Andrew. Uh, sorry, Andy, and um, you mentioned about sort of trousers that have um, what do you call them? Like almost like braces, if you like. Because I've seen a few before. I, I've not personally worn them. I, I do, when I go skiing, I do wear salopettes that have braces. Just keep everything nice and tidy. But um, there is one that I've, I've kind of that kind of stand out, if you like. It's called the, I think it's Mountain Hardware G2. They're, they're not cheap. Um, you know, they're, they're a couple of hundred pounds. But yeah, if you're, if you're keen to get ones with braces, I'm sure there's many out there. Again, I, I kind of, I, the only ones I've really worn are skiing ones. But Dave, have you ever worn trekking with braces? No, um, only when I had a pair of, um, so they're not, they're not really salopettes, but I've got a pair of waterproof over trousers Yeah, and um, I have attached like the braces to them. So they stay up Nice. Um, mainly because they were, I don't like wearing like an all in one or, or a poncho or anything like that. I like to be able to just jacket and trousers it wherever. And, um, and actually just having those, the, when you're doing like a bit of scrambling and stuff like that, making sure that they're like they stay up and they're then they're good and comfortable is nice salopettes i think for, particularly for trekking i don't think is strictly necessary yeah um 
I would say it's probably more restrictive than anything else. But, um, but, you know, I've certainly seen people do it, you know, so to each their own. Weirdly, a lot of the Chinese trekkers I've seen in uh, Nepal, loads of salopets. They love their salopets. But, well, I've seen, um, um, I mean, I know I've been trekking with a few people, um, especially back in, I went on a trek in November of 2018. And there was a girl called Sarah who was, who was, um, uh, it was actually Chen's cousin who came on a trip with us. And anyway, she's not really into that trekking, but wanted to go, wanted to do it. Um, and all she had was salopettes. Um, and, you know, she she brought them along um, and they were fine. I mean, they got pretty dirty. They were white ones as well. Probably not a good one. Good, uh, good idea. But anyway, they, they worked out. But she was she did say they were definitely cozy, especially when going up to Kalapatar, because um, salopettes generally are quite thick quite yeah. a lot of insulation on them. Um, and, you know, I, I do think there's slight overkill for Everest Base Camp um, with the kind of the temperatures that you get there. I mean, look, if you're going in winter, maybe March, <clears throat> maybe even um, the latter part of the, the autumn season, maybe November, it's, it definitely gets chilly, um, you know, especially when the sun goes down. But when you're in the tea house and it's, you know, you've got, you're sitting around the iron stove, it can be quite warm. But again, it's nice to, you know, it's nice to wrap up, um, yeah. yeah keep warm during the night i mean i um one thing when it comes to the warm trousers as well mm. so i mean andy's raised a good point which is you know you you, you don't want to just only have like superheated ones because they're not going to be yeah. necessary certainly in the lower altitudes on kilimanjaro and in and, and everest base camp if we're focusing on those trips yeah. um you, you you know shorts and t-shirt weather lots of sunscreen sun hat you know you're going to get potentially sunburn i know a couple of guys did in Kili in february I've been sunburned on my way up to Namshi. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely. But actually, when you get higher up, what I found was that it was nice to have like a winter line pair to put on after you've been trekking. Just yeah. feels nice. It's nice and warm. Um, but the pair I used to actually go to the summit of Kili um, was I used um, what they called Rab Vaporize. And they're like a soft shell material. Yeah. They're, they're quite expensive. They're around £100. But actually, they're the only winter ones that I have. But what I really love about them is that they've done a really good job of making them sort of wicking. So, you know, you've got zips down the side. So when it does get warm, you can vent them and nice, stay nice and cool. But actually, when they're all zipped up and everything, best trousers I've ever used in terms of like cold weather. I went to the summit of Kili with just those trousers on. I didn't have like an underlayer or long johns or anything like that. And I, I was perfectly fine. So they're yeah, really good. cold trousers. as well, mate. That's, that's good going because then they're, they're not the thickest trousers, are they, to be honest? No, they're not the thickest. They're, they're, they've got a, like a, a slight uh, a lining, you know, yeah. so they're, you know, they're, they're too hot to wear during the day, but they're not designed, you know, I wouldn't go to the Arctic in them. <laughs> but actually, in terms of like, because they're a soft shell material, they're quite warm. They've got that lining, but then they've got those vents as well. That's what I love. You see, if I see a pair of trousers or a pair of kit that's got good vents and stuff like that. Yeah, you love those. If I can wear it throughout the day, perfect. Brilliant. No, I mean, it makes a good point about having vents. And, you know, I, I do like to wear shorts during the day when, when trekking, certainly. Um, and on Kili, Everest Base Camp, even if thinking about Morocco, it, where in Morocco it is really warm in Marrakesh. And then literally you go up to Imlil, um, which is, you know, just, just under 2,000 metres. And then, you know, the temperature really drops, especially when you're hiking. But shorts to start off with are brilliant. Um, you know, there, there's heaps of good options out there. I know yeah. we've talked about the ones that the, the I think it's the, the Craghopper crag Kiwis, the ones that you can, their trousers that turn into shorts. You know, if you want to save a bit of space, um, they're very, very handy. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, Cetals raised a good point there. Can you get trekking yeah. leggings or something similar? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, really popular to wear. To be honest with you, I mean, I don't, I'm sure there are makes that like are trekking leggings, 
but any sort of sports leggings like that, whether they're for running or anything like that, are going to yeah. be perfectly good. I would, they're probably sold more in terms of summer and winter, you know, so you can get thicker ones and thinner ones. Um, yeah. yeah, really good option. I've even seen trekking skirts and things like that, which I think girls can wear with the leggings. Yeah. Um, you know, so, and to be honest, I'm a little bit jealous because it does look quite free and good, but um, I, I, I haven't got the nerve to wear leggings on a trip yet. I just, I just can't do it. I mean, I can wear compression ones with a pair of shorts and stuff like that, but um, yeah, otherwise I'm a, yeah. <laughs> It'll be a scary sight on the track, Dave, but uh, yeah, well, uh, like said, it's, it's, it's bit, yeah, it's a bit frightening for everyone else, but yeah, I mean, this is it. it's great as well. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny how um, like one comment, who was it that made the comment about the, about the kill? Colin. Yeah. Colin, that's it, mate. You know, well, you don't realize that we're on receive just as much as transmit during these lives. And if something sticks and it gives us a little boom <laughs> of an idea, then, mate, we're going to steal it and use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You were saying about leggings there. I mean, um, I've just done a little bit of research. I know that uh, just looking at RAB, because I think Shona mentioned RAB, um, that we got RAB women's elevation pants actually quite good uh, yeah. from Cotswold Outdoors. So don't forget your, um, your Evertrekker discount if you're going to get a pair. Um, always good. I mean, yeah, so yeah, we, we talked about trousers a lot, talked about um, you know, some shorts. Dave, what what else? I mean, base layers. You you have you don't really wear base layers, do you, when you you're tracking this you you run hot? Well, yeah. From you know, from the waist up I'll wear one. You know, mm -hmm. like that's all I'll wear is a base layer on top. Yeah. A lot of the time I'll just track in that. I like the ones with a zip, you know, so you can uh, get 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 your hot your hassle half out and kind of be like that. But no, um, when it comes to sort of below the waist, like I, I've never really found, even in the yeah. coldest temperatures, I've been to base camp when it's been minus 10. I've spent, you know, minus God knows when we summited Killy. I yeah. don't really find that the legs get that cold, you know, so it's nice to have sort of, you know, good winter trousers on if it's going to be really cold. But I've tried the first time I ever did EBC. I started off with some merino wool leggings underneath some line trousers, I got about 10 minutes in and I was stripping off behind a rock. So like, I, I can't do it. However, not everyone's like me. In fact, the vast majority of people probably prefer to be warmer than colder. So they are a really good option. I would recommend going for something like, like a merino wool if you're after the insulation and the comfort factor. Sometimes yeah. people wear like compression as well. Um, but I think that would be a bit intense, you know, like wearing the compression shorts. I mean, better off wearing them for recovery afterwards than trekking in them all day i think i'm not entirely sure they provide that much insulation either yeah um, I've, I've, seen, I've seen a few people wear them i, I remember trekking with tom um april uh not april last year year before it got flown by and he was wearing some compression stuff and yeah even he mentioned that probably not the best whilst you're trekking you prefer them after but i mean if you're into you know if, if you any runners out there uh anyone into sort of ultramathons and you're used to wearing a lot of compression gear it won't do any harm, you know. It'll it'll, it'll probably be good enough, um, you know, if you want to sort of keep to that. But when I've when I've seen sort of underlayers, um, merino wool, obviously we talk about a lot, but Heli Handsome tend to do some really good um, base layer sort of leggings, if you like, which are brilliant underneath. If you if you're one that does run cold and you, know, you need to keep that, there's not much on you, um, you know. Like Dave, I know you run quite hot. You don't really need too much insulation, but you know, if yeah, if you feel the cold. Have them in the in the in the back pocket, so you you've got if uh, you know if you are feeling that a little bit cold on the day. Yeah, exactly. Um, now you mention it, and the the yeah. merino leggings that I mentioned, they were um, Helly Handsome ones. 
um yeah so they, they were pretty good you can often get them a discount so it came with like the leggings and a base layer top that was really good yeah um but the one thing although i do run hot i always say you know you want to prepare on, on any of these trips you know you don't want to only have super insulative stuff in your bag you don't want to have summer stuff in your bag you want to prepare for all the seasons because i guarantee you on whatever trip you go on there'll come a day where you want shorts and there'll come a day where you want leggings and insulated trousers and you know yeah. warm warm undercrackers so yeah there's there's going to be a time for all of that um what do you um, reckon should we dive into some cues yeah sure but far away i'll just just go over some comments um tim haywood love, love your comment around reading the um the mole the fox and the horse um glad that glad that you like that um he said it's a game changer so no worries mate it's a little like you said a little bit of positivity doesn't doesn't hurt does it um but yeah dave Questions, mate. Um, far them away. Let's have a um, yeah, So, Joel, that, do we need gators for EBC? Are there many rivers to cross? Um, I would say not really. It's more, uh, it's more dusty than wet. Yeah. Um, so, the, the only person I know, one guy, Darren, he's Scottish, so he, every single day he goes trekking. He uses gators, just and he wore them every day to base camp. Um, but no, not really needed. That you won't see many people with gators. Sometimes, you know, it can be a bit rocky and a bit dusty. So I've seen people with the ankle gaiters just to stop stones and stuff going in the shoes. Um, but actually, no, you don't need to wade through anything. Um, most rivers that you see, you cross on a bridge. Um, you know, you don't you don't come into yeah. contact like with any sort of like slush or mud. It's not like trekking in a UK winter, put it that way. The ground is either dry or frozen. Yeah, <laughs> no that's a good point. I, I think, um, especially on the classic route to Everest, yeah, you, you certainly, as Dave said, you will need them. If you're going over some of the high passes, um, yeah, we, we've heard it, especially talking like early March. Um, maybe if you've got a snowy period uh, in the autumn as well. Um, if you're going over, say, Chola Pass uh, or Renjola or Kongmila, if there's some snow there, then it, you might need some gaiters. Um, so, if, you know, if, if you are, because you, you, you could get away with it. Um, but if you are someone that's, uh, you know, if you do have some gaiters and you're going on one of the passes, you know, it's no harm if they're in the, if you're in your bag, uh, you know. Yeah. And, and the guide will update you and say, okay, guys, you know, we've we got some um, iffy conditions now going over Chola Pass, then you can, okay, right. I'll know then when we get up in the morning, going to chuck my gaiters on, just keep your socks and your bottom of your trousers nice and dry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, uh, talking about all the trips, I think it, the, the ones I probably use gaiters. Um, if you're doing tube cal in winter, um, I'd be wearing some gaiters then because you've got quite a bit of snow. Okay, you might have higher boots, but again, the gaiters, they'll just stop you from getting wet. Um, Dave, any other trips? I mean, Killy, you, you're unlikely to wear gaiters. It's, it's quite, again, similar. It's quite dusty, yeah. right? You know, Any other trips you'd, you'd recommend them for? Um... Maybe a training weekend. <laughs> training weekend in Wales, definitely. Yeah. Training weekend in Scotland, definitely. But to be honest, on most of our trips, because we we if we were going in the monsoon season, then yeah, potentially, you know, where the ground is super wet and super sludgy, they you know, but we don't. We tend to go during the dry seasons. So although it may rain, it's, you don't really need the gaiters. But you know what? If you like wearing gaiters and they're part of your get up yeah. every day, you put them on. There are certain things you don't want to trek without. Put them in a bag, mate. Take them with you. Wear them. Like yeah. I said, you know, most of these trips are about peace of mind. You know, you don't want to be questioning yourself. I'd rather bring something and then not need it than wish I'd bought something. So, yeah, take it easy. Um, interesting question here from Amanda Joy Hilton. Okay. said, hi, guys. Are there any cultural restrictions on women wearing short shorts on the trek to EBC or in Kathmandu? Uh, no. So Nepal is an incredibly relaxed and accepting country. Um, you know, there's no sort of ultra restrictions on culture and things like that i mean we always say be respectful around you know 
the you know about their religion and their shrines and their temples and stuff like that but what you wear is kind of up to you and you'll be you'll be accepted wherever you are i can honestly say that nepal is probably one of the most relaxed and accepting countries that i've ever been to um they're mainly hindu and buddhist um and those two religions um you know are peacefully alongside each other they often cross over in certain aspects so yeah be yourself wear what you want to wear be happy and enjoy yourself yeah, good point, Dave. I think I think the only the only thing I would add to that would be in in the in the any monasteries you go to. Um, sometimes I've seen uh, it depends. You you could probably get away with it, but I think you know if you're used to, to traveling in Asia, there are some monasteries that have a shawl over your shoulders if you like to wear maybe a strapless top um, just to cover the shoulders, just out of respect. So I, I've seen some females do that, um, but you know, but generally they're fine. Uh, you know, if you're wearing shorts and things. <clears throat> um, and again, like like Dave said, it's very accepting place. I think because they've got, <clears throat> excuse me, in in Nepal, because you've got um, you know Hindu and Buddhism, and they they have this like symbi symbiotic relationship. They both coexist. Whereas you've got a Hindu temple and a Buddhist temple right next to each other. I mean, it's what makes the place, in my opinion, really special because there's no aggro like that. It's all accepted. It's it's beautiful how it how it works. Yeah, I mean, and, often um, yeah, the temples are the same, aren't they? Like monkey temples. Yeah. Yeah. Is, um, you know, is uh, is Hindu and Buddhist in the, and they worship in the same area side by side. Um, it's one of the reasons why we love going to Nepal, because, you, you you know, when people say that they get a sense of peace and a sense of, you know, understanding and spiritual stuff that they can't see or can't get over here. I think that's because it's because they're so accepting and that's partly what it is. I mean, whatever the religion is, it's the way that people go about their lives. And actually, they're so accepting and so um friendly and nice you know it, it you just kind of come away with that feeling it's it's wonderful yeah um, it is cool isn't it um i got another question here um let's have a look yeah rachel uh here rachel asked about what's the temperature of base camp late september <clears throat> um late september's actually pretty warm because you're just coming out so in in nepal you have the the kind of few different seasons you've obviously got the spring uh then you've got what they call the monsoon season which runs from usually june through to the end of August sometimes drops into September, you know, which is always fun uh, because we've we've had some, um, you know, very wet uh, early days in September. Um, but, yeah. So in terms of late September, you do, I'd say at base camp, you know, you it could drop below zero. Not much, to be honest, in September, because, again, that's you're, you're coming into the autumn now. So it's a relatively warm time of year. That being said, the weather's really crazy over there it can drop like minus 10 sometimes out of nowhere um during the day it'll be very warm in september you're talking anything between up to 20 degrees trekking um so again you know reiterate what we said earlier and i, I know jerome mentioned it as well hey jerome um around <clears throat> altitude make sure you do have plenty of sunscreen because you're, you're high altitude uv rays get through um you know make sure you, you you're covering your arms your face your nose i will struggle my nose because it's too big um, you know, with regards to getting I was red nose at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, if you're someone like me that burns easy, make sure you you know you, you cover up. Um, maybe if you can have stylish, you can wear one of Dave's sun hats that he likes to wear. Um, <laughs> everyone mocks them until they need one. I tell you, Mate, I, I wear yeah. I, I wear a bucket hat all the time when I trek. Every single day, most pictures you'll see me with a bucket hat. If you get an email from me, I think my profile picture is me with a bucket hat. Oh, sorry, it's it's, it's off the back. But yeah, mate, I, I love it. You never see me with sunburn, except that one time, which is why I bought the bucket hat. Um, but yeah, so 
Uh, Jerome has actually asked a question anyway. What sort of general wear should I take for Chipland National Park? Shorts, t-shirt, kilt, cap, <laughs> you know, smoking jacket. You can wear whatever you want there, mate. It's, um, you know, uh, I would, you know, whatever, it, whatever you want to wear. So it's going to be quite warm in the lowlands um, when you go there. So I would probably say shorts and t-shirt, you know, trousers, t-shirt, something like that. Yeah, pretty free, pretty flexible. Do what you need. Yeah, Chitwan is it's very warm. Um, kimono? Different. You could wear a kimono. Yeah, it's, it's, it is very warm. When you're coming down from, from Kathmandu, it's surprisingly warm because it's on the border of India. So do be prepared for that down in Chitwan. But it's um, it's amazing. But do watch it. Do watch out for some ticks because <laughs> I, I actually picked up a couple of ticks um, whilst yeah, tracking yeah. in Chitwan, which uh, some in some areas. I won't go into too much detail. But um, yeah, that, that was very interesting. So uh, yeah, do, do make sure you have a little look if you're going trekking in, uh, in Chitwan. It's um, yeah, something to look out for. Yeah, exactly. Um, someone has asked, what hat do I have? Yeah. So I am going to send a link to Lauren, who can then put it into the comments. Um, nice. It's the Outdoor Research Sun Bucket Hat. Um, it's a good I've hat, got... though, isn't it, really? I mean, you've used hey, it for years. Great hat. It's, yeah. it's my all-time favorite hat. And, um, yeah, the Outdoor Research Sun Bucket Hat. They do do another one, and I think it's called, like, the Helios or something like that. Or yep. the Somme Brulee, that's what it's called. Somme Brulee or something like that. Not first on that one. I go for the outdoor sun bucket hat. Much better fit. Yeah, nice. Nice. It's a stylish hat, Dave. I'll give you that. Um... Yeah, Love a bucket <clears throat> I need, like, who's it? Um, yeah, Miko, he wants to know um, who Paula Reed loves a bucket. I'm telling you, mate, we are the bucket hatters. <laughs> good man well you know I, I i don't know why i've always preferred wearing caps but yeah I, maybe i should because i do burn my neck sometimes but maybe i'll i'll never learn um yeah thank you oh, lauren's put the uh the link in so there we go awesome yeah hope that hope that uh, helps miko take a look mate um and then i want to see a picture because i know miko is a cap wearer so i want to see the difference now with this sun hat compared to the cap yeah uh, let us know miko how it goes if you do grab one mate uh, <laughs> um, there's been a couple of uh, questions um, just around training weekends so yeah uh, I think it was uh, Julie who asked about it as well and I think um, a few comments around it so yeah with the training weekends um, after yesterday's announcements and, and hopefully all going well um, yeah August I, I mean we can't wait guys I mean we're chomping at the bit to, to actually get some trekking done um, I think it's, yeah, that news yesterday, uh, although it's uh, positive and it's really positive news, you know, we got, you know, pretty much by the summer, um, you know, we're, we're thinking, cool, we're going to be back doing what we can do, essentially. Um, although you never know what restrictions they might bring in. But yeah, we're really excited. It it does mean, you know, it's it's um, the spring season is, is looking very, uh, very difficult to run now uh, yeah. because we can't not allowed to leave. Um, you know, obviously 95 percent of our customers coming from the UK obviously leaves it quite challenging. So anyone around that over the last 24 hours, we will be reaching out to to everyone uh, if your trip is impacted, um, especially after yesterday's announcement. Um, we're still waiting for some more announcements. I mean, it's, the, the frustrating thing is, although we're in the UK, um, the announcement yesterday was just for England, and we're obviously still waiting for the Welsh and uh, Scottish, Irish, um, Northern Irish uh, sort of announcements as well, see what happens there. But essentially, as we know, with regard, like for us leaving from Wales, we have to leave via a, um, you know, an airport in England. So we're kind of governed by that, really. 
so yeah, um, we'll certainly be um, reaching out to everyone. But when it comes to training weekends, yeah, we will be running them. We can't wait. Dave, me, um, some of the other Yetis will be on it. We're, we're just, we just can't wait to get back trekking, guys, you know? Um, yeah. It's not long now. It's not long. I think uh, you can yeah. see the end. That's, uh, if any of you read the email I sent out, it's, uh, it's close. You can feel it. Um, so yeah, we're really excited. But until then, we're, we're, we're obviously here and uh, we'll continue to do these Tuesday tune-ins um you know as 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 life moves on uh but dave any other any other questions you can spot mate off the bat there um let's have a quick look uh, yeah. i've noticed some hat love here so um <laughs> yeah uh, fedora for james um uh, marky v has said personally he prefers a homburg um yeah so uh it, mate i'm loving loving the hat love um suzette teal has said i'm booked for september 3rd 22 for killy and april 23 for uh, EBCBs. Um, what's the weather like during those months? To be honest, like Andy said, pretty mild. Whenever we run our trips, we always try and avoid the extremes. So, you know, wet seasons and cold seasons. Um, in September on Killy, it's probably going to be quite warm. Um, you know, with periodic sort of showers because Killy yeah. has its own sort of microclimate. So when it's quite warm in the afternoon, you generally might get a shower. Um, it's always going to be cold on summit day. How cold kind of fluctuates, but I would say it's not going to be too extreme in September. Yeah. Um, same for April, to be honest. So I've been trekking in April and I've been beautifully clear, warm, the best views I've ever had from the Everest View Hotel. Then at Ferice, we were having snowball fights, you know, and then, you know, at EBC, it was kind of cold as well. And then on the way back down again, it was beautiful. So, you know, it, it can be quite changeable, but it's not going to be too extreme either way. Um, but I always hesitate to say it's going to be it's going to be three degrees at night. Um, because it might be three degrees, and then the next night might be minus ten, and I would say relatively mild in terms of the extremes. Um, you know, so expect some hot days, expect some cold days, um, and yeah, bring some. Always bring wet weather gear and stuff like that with you as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I could see good old Chen Sherpas on here. Um, yeah, it should be weird. Namaste to you. Um, but yeah, uh, not one of our guys though, Jen. Um, we do have that covered, mate, but thanks for sharing your details just to uh, to point out uh, before anyone thinks he's a, well, a never track guy, but uh, yeah, he's not. Um, but yeah, just with regards to a couple of questions, um, was it about November for EBC? Yeah, Kim, with regards to, um, you know, running trips in November, yeah, 100%. We're kind of thinking ahead now that the, the autumn, after the announcement yesterday in the UK, that the autumn will be um, will be our kind of first season we're able to run, I suppose, in a while. So yeah, when it comes to Nepal, we're really really excited, um, you know, to get back there. I think Dave, you had a call this morning with with Anuj. Yeah, it was on your brief chat, but little update after yesterday, and even Anuj has had his um, his vaccination uh, in Nepal. They they've prioritised sort of aviation staff, tourism staff because they're trying to trying to get the tourism industry yep. back. So Anuj has, has had his, I think he had his last week. Um, yeah. And I've seen, I think Jerome's had his as well. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I think we're all, won't be long, I think we'll all be having the, the vaccination. And um, yeah, yeah. We're looking so, forward to having it so we can travel. Exactly. They're doing really well in Nepal. They've actually got quite a good um, sort of system set up around vaccinations. Yeah. You know, things like polio outbreaks and stuff like that. So they're really good at that. They've got a good infrastructure for it. So they're using, I believe it's the AstraZeneca um from yes. and they're getting it um from india and i believe some from china but you know mainly india and yeah they, they vaccinated like hundreds of thousands of people already 
So they're doing really well. They just had another shipment in of the vaccine as well that's now yeah. going to be going. So all the frontline staff have had it uh, first. Yeah. Um, now they're in the process of giving it to, I think, the over 60s and things like that. So it'll start to filter down. Um, yeah, it's going to have a really good effect. I genuinely, yeah, like this season, it's, you know, things are, just based on the announcement yesterday, I don't think international travel is going to be possible at least before July. That's kind of optimistic as well. However, autumn season, September, October, November, even into December, you know, pretty good. Uh, very positive about that. So, um, yeah, oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. Yeah. <laughs> I said, Jerome's like, yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, yeah. guys, yeah. As you could probably imagine over the last, how long has it been? Almost 12 months we've been doing these lives now, which is amazing, really. And, you know, we've, we've loved them. Um, you know, seeing you guys and, and, you know, I can see what it means. <clears throat> We're like you. We want to get back to the mountains and to Nepal, um, you know, supporting the, the wonderful people out there. And, you know, thanks for, for sticking with us during, uh, you know, what's been a, you know, a challenging time. But we're in a, we're in a good place. Um, whenever the, the button's like, you're free, you're off, you can go. We're in a, we're in a good place to, to get back running. And um, whether that's training weekends, you know, trips away, <clears throat> we hope that, you know, it's, I know we're talking about Nepal essentially here because, um, you know, 80% of our clients are Nepal. But when it, even when it comes to Kili, Tupacal, South America, training weekends, whatever new trips we start to run, we, um, yeah, we can't wait to, to get to get back doing them, guys. And we're really excited. And we're ready and waiting on the start line, uh, ready to go. Yeah, I did just see uh, Karen Barrett. Um, yes. Yeah, you will get some cheeky fishers every now and again, you know. It's fine. It is what it is, you know. But, um, yeah, so we, we use our own guides, our own team in Nepal, set up by yeah. a nude over there. So we've got all our own accommodation, all our own lodges, all our own guides, all our own porters. Everything's done in-house. So um, if you you know want to double check anything with us about anything like that, just drop us a message and we can let you know whether it's um, someone from within the Evertrek family or whether it's someone else. But, you know, it is what it is. Part of the industry, you know, don't let it bother you. Just, you know, hit the delete button. <laughs> no, it's, um, you know, it, we've been running trips for you know, five years now, five years next month, which is nuts. Um, but it's been fantastic and we've met, you know, loads, hundreds of guides. And we've got a, a fantastic team um, right now. But, you know, we, we we still keep in touch with some of our previous guides. And, you know, we, for, for one reason or another, they're kind of not part of the, the Evertrek group anymore. Um, and we wish them all the best, of course. And, you know, we're, we're hopeful that, obviously, our Evertrekkers with with our, um, you know, our 40, 40 plus guides now over in Nepal, um, you know, and, and well, that's the kind of the group we use. Um but to everyone else, you know, we wish all the best, um, you know, especially with Nepal, because they've had it hard just as like we have in the UK. Um, you know, and I wish everyone, uh, even if they're not, don't even work for Evertrek, you know, wish them all the best. Yeah. Um, even Chen, who joined our live today. Yeah, exactly. um, wish you all the best, mate. Wish you all the best. Um, and, um, just had this uh, yes. question from Joel. Do you think we'll keep the lives after lockdown? Joel, I hate to tell you, mate, but this is actually our last ever life. Um, so from that, no, I'm joking. No, no, that's fine. No, it, it, yeah. No, no, um, yeah. So we love doing these lives as well. We love that you guys get some value out of it. You know, even if it's just a distraction on a Tuesday afternoon, you know, that's great. If you get something helpful with regards to a trekking or traveling or a little bit of inspiration here and there, or, you know, if you want to just take the mick out of my hat, more than welcome for that. Um, yeah, no, it's um, <laughs> see Kim, no, <laughs> no, it's fine. 
we started these, to be honest, it was one thing, um, so it was Andy's brainchild, actually. We were looking at what we can do during lockdown. Everyone's panicking. Joke, guys, it's fine. We're going to keep doing this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, um, Dave, you scared me. <laughs> that was a quite good one. I'm quite happy with that, And Yeah. Um, but no, so, yeah, uh, we wanted to basically just stay connected because a big part of what Evertrek is about is is you guys, you know? So, um, you know, is the community and the everything that we do outside of running trips, you know, so keeping in touch with you guys and talking. We love it. And it's what makes Evertrek so special and it's what makes you guys so special. So we're going to keep doing this now until I fall off this chair, basically. So, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, once we're allowed, I mean, we've we've been restricted by um, lockdowns, essentially. I mean, we're doing a lot of them from from our homes, especially some of the early ones during the, the first lockdown. Then we come back to the office, then we're back home, then we're back to the office. Um, even Dave ended up in prison once, but uh, <laughs> not really, not really. That was an in-joke. Um, that was, that was HMP Evertrek, that was. <laughs> but, uh, you know, once we're able to, to go places uh, and travel again, we'll certainly be doing some different uh, kind of lives. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we don't want to kind of um, spoil the surprise. But, yeah, we've got a couple of cool things in place with some of our partners, people we're connecting with. Um, also about trying to get some other people in as well, just to try and make it a bit um, more creative. And, you know, we don't want to lose the, lose the essence of it, which is answering your questions. Yeah. But we're going to try and, you know, do it in different places, you know, maybe out in the mountains if we could logistically make it work would be fantastic. But, uh, yeah, it's, you know, we're going to continue to do them, guys. A um, couple, couple of questions coming in, Dave. I think I think it was Diane asked about – I know you've talked a lot about um, uh, how was the vaccination rollout in Nepal – yeah. to Cal and Killy. Yeah, it's Nepal's been the one that's impacted the most, I think, out of all of our trips. Saying that, Peru's had it pretty bad, um, obviously the UK. But um, when it comes to, to rollout, Nepal have been really on it um, because they obviously want to get tourism uh, you know, back as soon as possible. Uh, Killy, I'd say a little bit behind, um, not because they, they haven't had it as bad, to be honest. Um, I don't know why. I mean, it, it's what you're always thinking, you're always concerned about the data and the metrics of how they um you know how many people have covid you, you never kind of trust the figures essentially but it's been really low out there um and you know so we, we've got to kind of trust that and we'll look at the processes in terms of running trips again out there we're going to make it as safe as we can even after the restrictions lifted there'll still be lots of stuff that we'll do uh, like on kilimanjaro will be you know you have your own tent so you've got your own little space rather than sharing um, that'll be the first rollout uh, when you're on Killy, for example. Um, you know, with, with regards to like Nepal, we'll have, you know, dealing with the hotels. And Dave, I know you've had a lot of conversations with Anuj about how to tackle it in Kathmandu. So with regards to your hotel room, it'll need to be cleansed before anyone else can go in there. So I think it's like 48 hours. So they're in they, for us. Yeah. <laughs> There's things that have to go into that, you know, like we're always really good with hygiene anyway, because the last thing you want to do is get any issues and any dodgy belly or something when you're on a trek. It does happen. I mean, there's a lot of ever trekkers on here. I'm sure if you've been on a trek, you will see people being ill because of dodgy stomachs, dodgy bellies. That's just the nature of the beast. Um, you know, you're in the middle of a, a remote challenge. You're going to pick up some bacteria. But if we can limit that by having a hand sanitizer, um, you know, by having a bit more space, then 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 great. And we'll we'll do that as much as we can. Yeah. Uh, on all of our trips but yeah diane it's um you know we're really i think the main issue has been the uk unfortunately uh, i think a lot of the other countries are kind of moving on like nepal 
again, we were chatting to Anuj and, you know, you, you go to a bar or something and there's no social distancing. It's just, you know, everyone's kind of moving on with it in Nepal, if you like. And Dave, I think you said something really, really poignant the other day was um, they kind of, <clears throat> COVID isn't the worst thing over there for them. And that's what they've acknowledged. Lots of people die because of hunger, because of poverty. COVID has taken nowhere near as many lives as that. And that's not taking it lightly. That's fact. That's what they're saying over in Nepal. Yeah. Um, so they're just getting on with lives. But obviously in the UK, it is very, you know. Exactly, it, yeah. I mean, different cultures, different societies present <clears throat> all of their own, you know. And I think that part of the difficulty with Nepal is that obviously they, they don't have Deliveroo, online shopping, you know, the, their whole infrastructure is set around uh, a need for movement, you know, yeah. and coming together and marketplaces. It's a lot of it is still that way. Um, so to stop people doing that and then obviously to stop them working, particularly in Kathmandu, it's quite expensive to live there. So, yeah, I mean, they're managing it, but but honestly, they're doing really, really well. With regard to the South African variant and Africa and Tanzania, there's a lot of conjecture at the moment and a lot of like supposition about what might happen. The, we have to go with like what on the ground is and what we can kind of predict in the near future. At the moment, Tanzania seems to be okay. They are obviously checking people for PCRs and negative tests within 72 hours of arrival. You also need to get them tested um, before you leave and we're helping. So I think it's around $100 and we can sort of do the logistics and the arranging of it. Um, so there's a lot, this is a lot of what's going on behind the scenes to try and make these trips happen. But the one thing that we're very proud of is that um, we wanna make sure that when you guys do go, that you get the full experience, the right experience, and the risks you, you're undertaking um, are not, you know, to do with viruses and stuff like that beyond the bit of Delhi Valley, <laughs> you know. So, you know, we want to send you guys there, send you to high altitude. We want you to meet the people, go to the places and, you know, reach the summits that are going to give you those lifetime memories. And we're not going to do that if there's serious risk of sort of illness, death, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, but um, my I feeling see. is that I think this year, before the year is out, things will have turned around quite significantly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's it goes to to show like how many people now, just seeing some of the comments of how many of you have had your jabs already. Um, obviously, I can see that you know, part of our demographic, um, you know, if you're of a certain age, uh, you would have had your, um, you know, I think Stephen Edwards, Jerome, I think just, just a couple of here have, have already had their vaccinations, which is awesome. Um, you know, I'm sure in a couple of weeks, a bunch more of us will have it in. Um, although Dave, we've got a little bit of a little bit of a while yet. We're going to be, um, was it between thirty to forty? Might be, might be in July by the time we get it, but we'll see. Hopefully, we'll. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Diane's mentioned there by the end of July, most adults in the UK will be back vaccinated. Hopefully, um, you know, if everyone has it, it'll it'll make a huge difference. Right? I've had every other vaccination. I just need this one to be fair. Um, uh, Dave Wimbledon is out there at the marketplaces without being Johnny Tourist. Do you have to haggle? You don't have to haggle. You can pay whatever you want. Haggling is one of those things that I'll be honest with you, I've never really felt overly comfortable with. So I'm not like I won't drive a hard bargain. I just I I don't know. Like I'm friends with people that do. Like sometimes my mate Dan, when we're in a shop together, I have to leave. Like I can't <laughs> Like if someone said to me that's a thousand rupees, I might say. 997 <laughs> you know like well, but then other people are very good at it so to be honest go with whatever you feel comfortable but you know all you guys are respectful people anyway so you know whatever you do i know i know it's going to be fine but um yeah yeah, me, yeah. 
This, yeah, do what feel is right, guys. Like I, I quite enjoy a good haggle. Yeah, uh, they, honestly, in Nepal before, I've literally gone up and in it, and and I've passed Andy something and said, "Can you get that for me?" <laughs> like, get, get, <laughs> and, and Andy's quite good at like negotiating and the back and forth. And it, I can see it's quite fun, but for some reason, I just can't. I, I, I can't. I can't do it. So literally, I have gone up like a singing bowl, and I'm like, "And can you can you get that for me and try and get it for the best price?" I'm going to go over there. Well, <laughs> it's the end of the day that you know that you want to buy this item, they want to sell this item, make friends, and then walk away with the item. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, essentially, so you build that rapport. Get you know, it, it, it's fun. I mean, sometimes you know that they're, they're they're trying to, um, especially if it's an item you're really interested in. I know Dave, and I know we've we felt this before. And you'll leave it, and then an hour later, you'd be, oh, I really should have got that. I really, you know, my, my missus would have loved that, or my partner would. You know, I remember that um, when we were in Killy, Dave, and for some reason, Dave loves weird things. You know, yeah. Um, when it comes, there was this doll that had this wooden doll that had all like nails in it, right? It looked like something out of Hellraiser. Yeah. He was like, I've got to have that. I've got to have that. And Dave, I won't ruin the story. You, you, you tell the story. Yeah, well, uh, honestly, it was like in Pan... Like, I always like Seagate the Weird. So yeah. if you're ever in the pool with me or you're ever going, ask me about the mask shop and I will give you a really good tip. Um, this place where you kind of got to trust the guy a little bit. He takes you upstairs and it's like into Indiana Jones's sort of <laughs> room. And there's some weird messed up ma- like masks and stuff there that are really old, amazing. Yeah. Um, and then the other place when I went to Tanzania, I, I was I was just saw this like it's like a wooden doll, about, not a doll, but like a wooden statue like this big of a man sort of sat like that, and there was nails just all over him like Hellraiser, and I was like, that's awesome. And it turned out that it was about a hundred years old, and it was to do with some sort of native healing, potentially. Potentially a curse. I'm not entirely sure. There was different stories I got from different people working in the shops, and I and I wanted it more than anything in the world because you know I'll never ever see that again. And uh, they wanted like a thousand dollars for it, and I was sitting there thinking, that's a lot of money for that. <laughs> was, and, in the, and in the end, I, I didn't get it. I am getting it when I go back. I was on the plane, and I remember saying to Andy, I am just gutted. I wish I spent the money. What else am I going to spend the money on? <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's not like I'm loaded or anything, but what else am I going to do? You know, a thousand, I just won't drink beer for six months and I'd have made that back, <laughs> you know. But, um, Dave, you know, all those, some yeah. of those bamboo shorts you like wearing. <laughs> Marina yeah. Wolf underwear. Like, when I go back, I am getting that bad boy. I'm telling you, I am going there and I am going to buy it and take it well, back. I'm going to record that and I'm going to share it with you how Dave haggles. Let's 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 record it and I'll, I'll, I'll let's, let's see how it goes. Oh man, it's terrific! <laughs> it honestly, I'm so I don't know what it is like this British queasiness about offending people. So I I can't do it. Like they enjoy it. They enjoy that. They enjoy it. Remember when I got a taxi in Kathmandu? And I didn't have any change, so I gave the guy a thousand rupees to take me. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. And the next day, he was waiting for me outside the hotel, going, "Hey, hey brother, you need a lift." I was thinking, "Yeah." Realised, yeah. That was his weeks. You know, that was a that was a lot to pay for a taxi ride, but you know, fair enough. It was, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> um. Actually, Amanda's. Um. Hey, Amanda. Nice to see you on. Um. Mentioned about how much money would you exchange for EBC? I honestly thought then. Now, now I realise how much money would you exchange for EBC? Do you mean how much money you would take to EBC in terms of spending money, Amanda, or how much would we would we exchange EBC for? Uh, because it's priceless, uh, the actual place, anyway. Um, but yeah, spending money, Dave. Everest Base Camp. I think normally, 
200 pounds, yeah. is that right, would you say? Yeah, well, it, it depends. So I there's a lot of stuff in the pool that I like to buy. So I remember once, I remember I spent $800 on art. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I save up for these things because I know I want to go to the mask shop, I want to go to the art shop, and I want to buy these things. However, if you just want a trinket, if you just want to, you know, you're just a normal person, you're not like a crazy degenerate like me, then, you know, yeah, a few hundred quid is fine. You know, you don't need a, you don't need a huge amount of money. Um, the good thing is you don't have to stress because there are cash points that you can use. Yeah. Um, you know, so generally I will use them. You do get charged a little bit, but, you know, don't worry about that. You get charged with the exchange rate as well. So I'll probably arrive in the country with about $200 on me. And when I arrive, I'll exchange that into uh, Nepalese rupees. And then when I need more, I'll just go to a cash point and draw it out. There's even cash points in Namshi you can use, yeah. you know, with, uh, to get out money, which is quite good when you come back down the mountain and everyone has a time where they go and buy their souvenirs. You can yeah. get stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, what's the price of a pint? Chrissy, that's a great, great question. Um, thinking back to it, I think the price of an Everest beer um, is about £1 something. It's, it depends. If you go to some of the local places, you know, and, if you're ever walking, just just piece of advice, if you're ever walking through Tamil, always go the next street behind because the ones that you'll always see are going to be the highest price. But if you walk the street behind, they're, they're looking for the trade, it'll be a lot cheaper. Um, but, yeah, you're looking at – it's frustrating because it, you, you, we feel like we haven't been to Kathmandu for ages because of lockdown, um, because of COVID. But if I remember rightly, I think it's about 120 rupee for an Everest beer, which I think is about £1.10 something like yeah. that but you know in some of the hotels it'll be a bit more than that it might be 250 um rupee which is you know a few pounds to be honest if anuj is on here you'll, you'll know because he's if he's still here um you'll be able to say how much it is roughly in, in Kathmandu. but um or you can just ask the news you know being a local you might be able to get it cheaper uh you never know yeah. ask the they'll do it for you yeah <laughs> andy is paying uh maybe <laughs> reese maybe one <laughs> so, uh, i was gonna say so Water is one of those ones where I think in Kathmandu, a litre of water is nothing. It's like yeah. 350, 400 rupees, something like that. Um, or even more, less than that even, I think. But when you get to Gorakshep, it's about three quid. Well, the equivalent of like three quid is for a litre. But then you've got to think like that litre, litre of water is a kilo. They don't just carry one at a time. So you've got to pay to get that to the mountain. So that's obviously why it costs more. But um I've never really noticed how much the beer cost, to be honest. After about two or three, I stopped counting. How much money I've got, that is, not the beers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, um, it is, it's pretty fun, isn't it? I'm just watching some of the comments now. It's brilliant. Uh, Andy is paying. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, 120, 180. Cheers, James. Um, is there a Weatherspoons? Not the right I found, uh, Stephen. Um, there's, 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 a, there's a lot better places out there, mate. Trust me. It's yeah. uh, fantastic. Um, Diane's asked the question as well. Loving the celebratory singing off the Killy Climb, similar for your first trek to EBC. Um, so, yeah, in Tanzania, they're very culturally, very different, I'd say, to the Nepalese. Um, although, you know, in Nepal, you'll see loads of dancing as well. But in Killy, it really is their thing. They, they love to sing and they love to dance. And it's kind of a thing on Killy that uh, to celebrate the summit, you know, and I don't want to take anything away uh, you know, from when you go there because I kind of, we don't want to tell you all. We want we want you we want to see you um you know have that sort of feeling of wow this is awesome. So I don't tell you everything, but it's um it's fantastic. The the, the celebratory um dancing, the singing, it's yeah, it's amazing. And with um EBC, 
uh, once you come down from uh, Everest Base Camp all the way back to Lukla, we have um, with the porters and the guides, we all have a good knees up, we have a good celebration. If you want a beer, we have a beer. If you, you want to stick to coffee, it's fine. But it's it's an amazing um, celebration in its in its own way. It's it's very different to Tanzania, but in its own way, it's amazing. And it, it's hard dancing at altitude. I remember Dave, um, <laughs> I think must have spent a lot of money that night. I think it's about five, six hundred dollars because we were like, right, tonight's on Evertrek. Um, you know, I can't, we kind of made a bit of a mistake. But uh, we, 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 we danced the night away and I think I almost collapsed because even though I was acclimatized, it's hard work at 3,000 meters. Well, old. the thing is, we were in Lukla and we knew we weren't flying in the morning yeah. because the monsoon had come in. It was so, yeah. um, we got, we started having a few beers and then. This old uh, uh, Gurkha came in with some homemade Raxi, um, which is like rocket fuel. Once we started on that stuff, we invited the porters and everyone in. And I remember one time seeing a porter with about eight cans of beer. And I was like, hey, <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, luckily, um, you know, hopefully tax deductible and entertainment purposes. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it, wasn't. it was a good night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but no, it was, uh, it was fantastic. But look, anyway, I, I know we've, you started talking about a lot of stories now, which has been quite nice in a way. Um, but to, to recall some of these stories, and, and again, probably goes to show how much um, we love trekking, we love the traveling part of it, and I know a lot of you do as well. And it's not long, and we'll be able to, to kind of get back to it. And, uh, you know, we're hanging around. We'll be entertaining, offering advice, answering your questions in the interim. Um, but, Dave, any any final thoughts, mate, on um, um, kilts? The only two things I want to cover off, Chrissy Leyland, when will flight be back on? We're hoping for the autumn season. Um, so that's September, October, November. Um, 2022 is, a, is pretty much a definite, but um, yeah, we're hoping for the autumn season. Uh, James Ashley, uh, drinking out of the Taps in Kathmandu. Better you than me, mate. Um, I've spent time in Kathmandu, not venturing too far from the old throne. So um, yeah, but no, it's been great. Honestly, I really, I really like this. You know, one day we should do a live just where we share all our like traveling stories and the experiences, you know, that are sort of off the itinerary sort of stuff, you know? And um, yeah, I'd love to hear some of your guys' uh, stuff as well. So um, yeah. no, it's been great. Good live today. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Like, Cheers, like, I do, like I do everyone. Sorry if I gave anyone a heart attack by saying it was our last one. <laughs> um, it's not the last one. It's the penultimate one. The last one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Brilliant. Now, I hope you, you guys have, um, you know, had an awesome time. Uh, we actually, it's, it's quite funny, mid-comment, because uh, Lauren uh, usually does her, um, um, our questions as we go along. She had a Wi-Fi issue in the house. So, yeah, we've been uh, we've been flying solo since. But, no, it's, um hope today's been useful, guys. Uh, I know we started talking about, you know, kilts, whatever you wear, below the waistline. Hope that was a little bit useful and all the questions, but uh, obviously we're back next week. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we'll catch you next Tuesday. All right. See you later. Hi. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in, but I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks. Now, if, uh, if you've enjoyed it, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Um, you know, all these uh, podcasts we put together, the episodes, try to reach as many people as possible. And if it's helped you, leave us a lovely review. Um, and yeah, we'll see you again next week. Yeah, all the best, guys. Bye. I'm gonna go